Welcome back to the Unashamed Truth Podcast, where we aim to help you understand and embrace God-centered theology. On today's episode, Grant Castleberry begins our time together by highlighting the Apostle Paul's dependence on the mercy of God. That is, the mercy of God is what carried Paul through his life, sustaining him when he doubted, encouraging him when he was discouraged, and pressing him toward the ultimate prize of Christ. And believer, the mercy of God does the same for us. Let's listen to Grant as he opens the Word of God for us. What Paul never forgot is the mercy of God on his life. That God had changed him that God had interceded in his life at a certain point, and that had altered the trajectory. And if you're a Christian, that's also your story. You see, you're not born a Christian. You're not born a holy roller. You're born a sinner. You're born a rebel. And at some point, the Lord Jesus Christ, if you are to be saved, must intervene. It's called conversion. You have to repent, you have to believe, and your parents can't do that for you. And that happens for each and every one of us in our lives that we're converted. And what Paul is saying is, is that you have to remember as a Christian the mercies of God. You must remember what God has done in transforming you. And for Paul, this was the motivation for his ministry. He says, 2 Corinthians 4, 1, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. It's the mercy of God and the grace of God in Christ Jesus recon- reconciling us to the Father that becomes the motivation for living the Christian life and honoring Him. And I think, quite honestly, That's one of the great failures of the modern Christian is that we don't understand the mercy and the grace that's been given us in Christ Jesus because it's this sweetness of grace and this sweetness of mercy that propels us to live this life of honor. We don't look at the cross enough, quite frankly, but God demonstrates his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. That's the motivation. So if you don't get grace, you don't understand mercy, you will be a legalist because you don't get the right motivation. That's where we have to start. But when you get that motivation, we're not just called to be lackadaisical Christians. We're not called to be lazy Christians. We're called to live a life that is honoring to God. Let me just read you just a few verses that Paul exhorts Christians with very quickly. Ephesians 4.1, 
Paul urges the Ephesians to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Colossians 1.10, walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. 1 Thessalonians 2.12, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. So we are called, understanding God's mercy, to then live for his honor. And that leads to the totality of honor. So we've seen the motivation of honor, and now you see the totality of honor. And by totality, I mean how much of our lives are to be given to God for His honor. Answer, all of it. All of our lives are to be given to God for His honor. Look back at verse 1. He says, this is the imperative You are to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. This language of presenting is the picture of the Old Testament sacrifices when someone would present a goat or a bull as an offering of worship to God. Only here in the New Covenant, the difference is this. You're not offering a goat or a bull what are you offering? Yourself. He's saying you present your own body. Why does Paul say body? Lots of people debate. Why does he say specifically your body and not just yourself or your soul? Well, I think why he mentions the body is because Paul means the totality of our existence. At this point in history, some people taught this platonic idea that the soul is good and the body is bad. Now, if our soul is holy, that's fine, but because the body's bad, we can do whatever we want with it. And what Paul is saying, no, 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 no. The body, it's not bad. God created the body, and you have to honor God also with your body, not just your soul. And Paul really emphasizes this to his hearers. He says in 1 Corinthians 6, 13, the body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. We are to glorify God with both our body and our soul. We are to present all that we are as a sacrifice to God. And Paul describes this sacrifice three ways. So if you look right here, he says living, holy, and acceptable. In, in this Greek sentence, all three of those are just listed as adjectives. So the translators often put living before sacrifice, but really you could put all three of these words before sacrifice. They all describe the sacrifice that we are to make. It's to be a living sacrifice. That means that our worship to God is to be perpetual. It's not a nine-to-five job where you can work at the, in the day and take the evenings off or take the weekends off. It's all to be lived for Him. In the Christian life, there are no off days. There are no days in which we don't have to flee temptation, no days in which we don't have to live in dependence upon God in prayer. There are no days in which we can lay our worship aside for another. 
the Christian life is a constant and daily honoring of God. It is a living sacrifice. And then he says, look at the second word, it is a holy sacrifice. That means that this worship is a dedicated worship, holy to God. Holy means to be separate or distinct. It means that you are separating your worship to God apart from any other. There are no other allegiances. There's no double dipping between God and the world. There's no two-faced hypocrisy. How often have you seen those who honor God with their lips on a Sunday morning but deny Him by their lives on a Friday night? That's what Paul's saying. He's saying your life is to be completely set apart to God, not just on the Lord's day. Peter says, be holy, for I am holy, First Peter 1. That is the charge to the Christian, that your life is to be completely dedicated to God. You see how this worship, Sunday morning is an expression of this worship. This worship is completely total. Your life is to be lived for His honor. The worship doesn't stop when you leave these doors. All of your life is to be dedicated to Him. And then the third adjective is that when you do this, it's pleasing to God, that God receives this type of worship. It's a fragrant aroma to Him. And then look at the last phrase there in verse 1. He says, which is your spiritual worship. That word spiritual is actually the word logikos. You hear our English word logic there. It means rational or logical. It's the idea is when you understand the mercy of God in your life, it's only rational, it's only logical for then for you to worship God this way. When you understand the depths from which He's pulled you, then it becomes a rational thing for then for you to worship God like this, for you to serve God like this. Paul says it's only rational. He says, nothing is too insignificant to not be given to God, so everything must be offered to Him to sacrifice everything to God. Incidentally, I was reading about Martin Lloyd-Jones, a preacher who became a doctor. He was the assistant to the Keene's physician. He had every thing you could possibly imagine in terms of potentiality for wealth and fame in London, and he left it all to go be a pastor in Wells, to blue-collar people. People would often ask him, I can't believe you left medicine to go do that. How could you do that? To be amongst the elite, to go be a pastor to blue-collar Welsh? And Lloyd-Jones said, I sacrificed nothing. I gained everything. When you sacrifice to God, you realize that what you thought was loss is gain. Paul's life stands as a compelling testimony that God's mercy isn't just an abstract theological concept, but a tangible reality that invigorates and sanctifies every fiber of our being. And let us not forget, dear believers, 
that this same unchanging and inexhaustible mercy of God is available to each of us. It offers us sustenance in our moments of weakness, encouragement amidst our bouts of despair, and propels us forward toward the prize of Christ. Thank you for joining us today for the Unashamed Truth podcast with Grant Castleberry. Grant is the senior pastor of Capital Community Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Find out more about Unashamed Truth by visiting our website, unashamedtruth.org. Also consider becoming a ministry partner by giving a consistent monthly gift, which ensures that we can continue this outreach in the months ahead. Don't forget to subscribe to the Unashamed Truth podcast so that you will never miss an episode. Until next time, it is our prayer that you continue in your journey to understand and embrace God-centered theology.